Good evening, viewers. Good evening, listeners. I pray that this week has found you blessed. And since the last time we talked, I pray that you've had grace and mercy on your life. Um, before I get into this further installment of episode three, which is going to be uh, essentially about doing the will of God, um, I just want to get into prayer. All right. So, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for another opportunity for life. I just thank you for giving me the vision, giving me the opportunity to proclaim your word and to speak through me that it may administer grace and and truth to the listeners. And Lord, that uh, Michael decreases, but you got increase. Holy Spirit, speak through me. Remove my flesh. Speak what you want to speak. And you have full authority over my life and over this episode to speak what you would like. Uh, in your name, Jesus Christ. I just ask that you bless the people, your people with peace, with understanding, with wisdom, and with joy. And I hope that we uh, rejoice in you, Father God, evermore, and help us to continue to seek your face continually. In the name of Jesus, amen. So before I get started on the podcast, I did not pray before episode one or two, but I want to get in the habit of doing that. But today, I just want to talk about doing the will of God and... So there's two, well, really, at least two wills of God. So I, there's a will of God for all believers that we all should follow that the Bible is very clear about. And then there's a will of God that is intentionally designed for your life, your purpose in which he has created you on the planet for. So I cannot attest or speak to that, but I, well, I will say this, that by following the will of God according to his word, um, that he will lead you into your purpose and your path of what he created you to be on this earth for. All right, so uh, without further ado, I just want to get started. Um, I have a lot of scriptures that I want to look at today, so you know, just bear with me as I continue to read and hopefully uh, resonate with you all today. So uh, the first scripture passage is going to be found in the book of uh, St. Mark, uh, Mark chapter 12, and beginning in verse 28, and it says this, Mark chapter 12, beginning in verse 28, and we're going to read through verse 31. All right. It says, then one of the scribes and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, what is the first commandment of all? Okay. So that's verse 28. But uh, just to give you some context, the scribes were the religious um, leaders who used to write down the, the scriptures, the manuscripts. So they were very meticulous in writing down the scriptures so Jesus, the scribes, the religious leaders were challenging his authority or they were testing his knowledge of the scripture. And they asked Jesus um, because at this time, a lot of the scribes and Pharisees were very skeptical and they did not believe as Jesus Christ as being the Messiah. So they were testing him. And in verse 28, it asks, what is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered them. The first of all the commandments is hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like, is, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other greater commandment than these. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. For there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And to love one's neighbor as oneself. 
is more than whole than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And now when Jesus heard this, he said to them, you are not far from the kingdom of God. So uh, before I get into my text, I just want to uh, just kind of talk about this passage is that some of the I'll preface it by saying this: not all the religious leaders of Israel, of Judah were against Jesus. Some were very curious. Some were really seeking the truth. And Jesus, excuse me, said to the ones that you are not far from the kingdom of God because they knew the scriptures. They knew the passages and love is the most important thing in the Bible. It says the love covers a multitude of sins, as it says in Proverbs. So love, loving God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength is the most important thing that we can do. And love one another, our neighbor, love our fellow humans as ourself is the second greatest thing that we can do. So when we're looking at those two things, um, remember that the will of God is love first and foremost and loving God and then loving our neighbor. You know, that is what is most important, the greatest thing that we can accomplish while here on earth. So I just want to preface that. Uh, but also, I'm just getting to some more scriptures. I want to go to the book of John. All right, John chapter 6, okay? So John chapter 6, beginning, I'm going to look in verse, uh, let's see, 35. And Jesus said to them, um, once again, he's talking to his disciples, that I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you who have seen me and yet do not believe, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is why I really want you all to pay attention to this verse. Uh, St. John chapter 6 beginning in verse, once again, 35, but now I'm on verse 39. I'm about to read verse 39. And this is what I want you to understand. That this is the will of the Father who sent me. That all of him, that all who he, he has given, I shall lose nothing, but shall raise it up at the last day. And this is also important, verse 40. And this is the will of him who sent me. That everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up. At the last day, right? So, um, this is when Jesus was talking to the disciples at the time that um, he is the Son of God. You know, so obviously Jesus on his earthly body, he is no longer here. But those who had the the opportunity to see Jesus in the flesh, he was saying that this is the will of God that we believe in Him, so we have everlasting life, and that remains true. You know, Jesus wants us to believe in Him, so we have everlasting life. So that is the will of God for our life that we believe for one, you know, we love God with all our heart, mind and soul and strength. And then we love our neighbor. And also equally important is that we believe in Jesus Christ where he gives us everlasting life. For many of you all are familiar with the scriptures of the gospel of John chapter three, that beginning verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, and then in verse 17, it says, I have come not to condemn the world, but that through me they may be saved. So Jesus came not to bring punishment and to bring wrath, but he came to bring salvation. And he wants us to believe in that. Jesus is not going to force us to believe in him. 
You know, Jesus said that he came not to do his own will, but the Father. So um, the Godhead is one God manifested in three separate beings, but one God in essence. So the Father is God, Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit is God, but they agree in one. And so there's different ranks, there's different um, positions and titles, but the Father is greater than the Son, Jesus, and the Son, Jesus, is greater than the Holy Spirit, but they agree in one. So it is one God manifested in three beings. So Jesus said, I came not to do my will, but the will of my Father. And so the will of the Father is that whoever sees him and believes in him shall by no means be cast out, but shall have everlasting life. And this is the will of us, that we shall believe in God. And we believe in his Son, Jesus, you know, who came to give us everlasting life. And this is what we shall believe, right? So, yeah, this is what I just want to um, reiterate a couple points before we go on to the next thing. So once again, there is the will of God that is pertinent to all believers, that we believe in the Son, that we love one another, that we love God. But then there's also the will of God for your life and which he has created you to do, and which is something I cannot answer. But what I will say once again is that if you continue to seek God, continue to seek him, Continually, he will draw near to you. You know, God said in his word, I believe in the book of Jeremiah, that, you know, when you seek me with your whole heart, you know, you will find me. And so sometimes it feels like Jesus is far away or God is far away. Um, but he He is not. God is not far away. He is there for us. He is there for us to. Um, but sometimes it requires us as effort. God wants us to put effort and have faith to seek him. And when God is quiet, that means he's working. It doesn't mean he forgot about you but sometimes there's a reason why he's quiet and we have to figure that out but we have to that's where we increase our faith that's where we trust God and so whenever situations whatever things we're going through in life you know it's important to continue to see God and more importantly to do his will right and so oftentimes I know us as humans we have a tendency to worry about like the future, worry about, you know, our finances, worry about, you know, our health or uh, finding a significant other or where we want to be in life. But uh, I remind you that in the Bible, you know, Jesus tells about, you know, let's not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow is not promised. Sufficient is the trouble for today. Right. So, you know, we don't know what tomorrow brings, you know, if you know, God wills it um, that we have tomorrow, then, you know, we will deal with it according to the time. But um, we need to be focused on today and make sure that um, we're focused on doing the purpose of today. Because once again, tomorrow is not guaranteed, as Jesus wants to say, you know, tomorrow I'll go here, tomorrow I'll do that. But he says, boast not, boast not yourself in tomorrow, for tomorrow is not guaranteed. So, I like to say this, my personal motto is focus on the present, but but prepare for the future. So once again, we don't know what the future brings. That's in God's hands, but it's important that we focus and be very present in the current day and the current time and cease the day to the maximum of our opportunity uh, while we have it. You know, that's what we should be grateful for. And God will provide while we are here. But as far as the future, let's not worry ourselves. You know, for God did not give us a spirit of fear or worry, but he gives the spirit of uh, power and a sound mind. You know, God gave us, you know, the, the, 
we are fearfully and wonderfully made, but you know, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but a strength and a sound mind. All right. So um, that's important. You know, worry is the opposite of trust. And so in the Proverbs chapter three, um, it's Proverbs, yeah, chapter three. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's, it's pretty common scripture that many of you all know, but and beginning in verse five, it says, well, I'm going to begin in verse three. It says, Proverbs chapter three. I'm, uh, you know what? I'm going to begin for the beginning. Proverbs chapter three. So bear with me. I appreciate you all. Um, it says, my son, do not forget my law. So I believe this, the Proverbs of King Solomon te- teaching David, his son, um, about what is the, the God's word and what is the law. So Solomon, besides Jesus, was the wisest person to ever walk this earth. Um, as it tells us in the Chronicles, because of his prayer when he seek God into how he should rule the kingdom, he didn't ask for riches or he didn't ask for fame and wealth. He asked, you know, to have wisdom and understanding and want to do what is right. And God granted him wisdom above all men. So in the book of Proverbs, chapter three, he is teaching his son and, Pro- and Solomon had many sons. He had over 700 wives and 300 concubines. So he had many sons, but. Um, I personally believe this is towards David, who was the next up to be king after Solomon to reign in his stead. But anyway, in chapter three, it says, Proverbs chapter three, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and life and peace will add to you. All right. So by keeping the commandments of God actually gives you peace and gives you longer life. And that is important. You know, that is important to get that peace in life by keeping the commands of God, not just knowing about them, but to to do the word of God. Right. As James tells us, but beginning in verse four in the book of Proverbs, chapter three, says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. So find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. And this is really what we really want to get at. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So that's a lot to unpack right there in the book of Proverbs, beginning in verse one. I just read through uh, verse eight. And so. I really want to focus primarily on verses five through eight, which says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So as humans, it's so easy for us to we want logically to understand <laughs> and make sense of what it is that's happening and what's going on in our life. But um, life is so unpredictable in some aspects that we really have no we literally have no control over certain things that are going to happen or don't happen. Right. We cannot predict the future. Um, We can only be accountable for the decisions and actions that we make. Um, But there's a lot of things that are outside of our control. And God is saying that, you know, you may not understand what is happening, what I'm doing, but I want you to trust in me and lean on your own understanding. For God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so uh, we do not have the mind of the father, but, you know, we do have the mind of Christ. Jesus has given us the mind of Christ and the mind of Christ was to obey the will of the father who he sent. And so we shall follow example after our savior, after our Lord Jesus. 
um, by obeying the Father. And there are certain things, like I said, in our lives that we may not understand by, you know, Lord, why am I going through such a difficult time? Why is my health failing me? You know, why does it seem my, my loved ones are passing away? Why does it seem that there's always something happening? But, you know, so the natural response will be to worry, but the supernatural or the the spiritual side would be to trust in God. And when we trust in God and we keep his commandments, we have life, we have peace, all right? And peace is um, irregardless of your circumstance. So you can be going through a lot of trials and a lot of hardships, but God can still give you the peace that passes on understanding, right? So it says that trust in the Lord with all your heart, you know, lean out on your own understanding. So a lot of times we trust, you know, I know for me, you know, I trust in God. I try to trust in God with all my heart, but there's just certain things sometimes that, you know, you you naturally worry about, um, but, or you naturally are a little bit apprehensive about trusting with God with all your heart, but nonetheless, we have to get to that place where regardless of anything happens, it's, it's totally in control of God's hands. And that's what I think is the hardest thing about being human is relinquishing the power and control of our own lives and giving it to God. And we don't know what is going to happen, but we have to have that faith. You know, uh, without faith, it is poss- it's impossible to please God without faith. And we have to have the faith. And then beyond the faith, we have to have trust. You know, trust is strong confidence that God will accomplish what he said he will do. And so, um, but regardless, when we trust in God and acknowledge him in all of our paths and acknowledge him, he will direct our paths. So, when we trust in God and we are obedient to him and we keep his commandments and we love God and we love people and we are doing what we should be doing, being merciful, being kind, being forgiving, um, speaking truth, being truthful, pursuing after righteousness, you know, repenting from sins. When we're doing all these things, you know, God will direct our paths. And in a lot of times, um, sometimes people go through some difficult situations, but the anointing and the power of God that rests is on, that rests on you that you have that the Holy Spirit working through you is is, is going to draw people to Christ, and that's really what it's about. You know that we we live such a good life that you know people want to be drawn drawn to our God. You know, even though there's going to be people who don't believe or people who are um, skeptical or have other faiths or religions, but when we you know, live such as Christ is going to draw people to Christ, right? And so if anything, if you doubt, you know, what you're supposed to be doing, read in the Bible about the life of Jesus and how he lived and how he was obedient. If anything, you know, do not forget about um, how, if anything, study the life of Jesus Christ and that will give us revelation about doing the will of God, right? So, it says not do be be not wise in your own eyes. I'm still in Proverbs chapter three verse seven. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh, and strength to your bones. Wow, this is important. Um, it says do not be wise in your own eyes. So, a lot of times when we get knowledge, we get education, we get status, we get promotion, we get um, recognized. In the human flesh, that could sometimes boast or it could uh, boost our ego or it makes us feel intelligent or worthy worthy or smart. Um, but wisdom, being wise, 
you know, understanding what God is doing. Let's not look at it from our own eyes like, God, this doesn't make sense what you're doing. Or, you know, I think there's a better way to be doing that. Uh Uh-uh, no. You know, we do not be wise in our own eyes, but rather we fear the Lord. When we fear the Lord, it's like a king. It's like a, we don't live in a monarchy. We live in a democracy. But if there was a king who had absolute authority, that people have a healthy balance. If it's a good king, they love the king, but they fear the king, you know, because the fear in the sense of a reverence and a deep respect and complete obedience because they know the king, what he says is final and he has complete authority. And so we have to have the the utmost reverence and respect from, from God that, you know, we should be fearful of his wrath that, that he, he could bring. But as children of God, you know, we... He will. He does not appoint us to wrath, but he appoints us to everlasting life, and that's why Jesus gave his life for us. So, um, but we should still be have that utmost reverence for the Creator of all life and uh, the sustainer of our well-being, and so we uh, should have that utmost reverence and respect for our Creator and our Lord, and then also depart from evil. So, you know, departing from all sins. So the Bible says that all unrighteousness is sin so anything that is veers from the word of god that veers from righteousness according to god's word that veers from truth we need to depart from that you know how whether how big or how small it is we we need to actively seek repentance like jesus when jesus came he said you know repent and believe the gospel for the kingdom of god is at hand repent means to turn to do what we know is right according to God and to refrain from doing the things which are unrighteous. Um, and so it is more than just asking forgiveness or having sorrow, but you know, it says godly sorrow, you know, works repentance until salvation. So meaning that, you know, when we're believers and we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing or we're not doing something we shouldn't be doing, a lot of times we get convicted by the Holy Spirit that, you know, we need to amend the error of our ways and that means to go to turn to God and to do what is right you know and sometimes that can be difficult depending on what your struggle is and it's a process for a lot of us usually it's not just you know sometimes you know God does just free people you know whether it's from addiction or drugs or substances or food or pornography or what sometimes God does immediately deliver people and they never go back to it but for a lot of us it's a process and so you know, God has given us his Holy Spirit so that we can overcome the world. You know, let Jesus say, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. The same spirit that's in our Lord Jesus Christ is in us. The kingdom of God is within us. That's what Jesus said. You know, the kingdom of God is within us. And so we have authority. We have the uh, ability um, to repent and to uh, seek the truth and seek righteousness and that is what God wants from us. Okay, so um, with that being said, um, I just want to point you to, you know, doing the will of God. And in the natural, when we depart from evil and we're following Lord, following the Lord and we're trusting in Him, it is actually brings physical health to our bodies and uh, mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, in the book of Hezekiah, Hezekiah was a righteous king of Judah, uh, king of Israel, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and he was sick and he was going to die but he you know prayed 
to God. Um, he prayed to um, God in order to ask him to extend the life, his life, so he doesn't perish, so he doesn't die. And, you know, by his, his faithful prayers and by, you know, his, um, his, his lifestyle of obeying God, God honored Hezekiah's prayers and granted him an extra 15 years of life. You know, so because he, you know, was not wise in his own eyes, but he feared the Lord and departed from evil, you know, so it gave him extra life. And so I'm not saying that everybody who dies you know, or who was sick in the hospital um, was disobedient to God or, you know, was not a faithful believer. That's not true at all. You know, sometimes it's it's people's time to go and they fulfill their purpose on earth, you know, but there are times where God will honor and listen to our prayers, and um, even if we're not sick, you know, by doing the will of God, that could extend us to have longer life and peace, and the quality of life is not so much tied to the quantity of life, meaning that, you know, you could live 30 years um, and do the will of God and be much much more fulfilled and accomplish your purpose here on earth more than someone who lives 55, 60, 70 years, 90 years, and um, did not do God's will, like Chadwick Bozeman. I believe he was a Christian man, and you know he said that uh, he didn't want to leave this earth void of the talent that God gave him, and he only you know lived forty something years before God called him home. Rest in peace. But his legacy was so deep, and then that the life that he lived is greater than, or you know, the impact that he made and the things that he did is greater than what a lot of us would do, and double the amount of time in life that he lived. So, you know, God is uh, faithful and he puts us on earth for his purpose. And when, once we accomplish that, you know, he only, only he knows, you know, when our time is up. So, um, but while we're here and we're continuing to, you know, fear the Lord, seek him, do what is right, you know, it is good for us. You know, it, that is the will, that is the will of God, right? And so, I'm going to wrap it up here pretty soon. I don't want to take you up, spend too much time here, but we're just going to look at a couple more scriptures and then we're going to go ahead and get going for the evening. Um, sticking to the Old Testament, I want to go to the book of Micah. Micah is one of the minor prophets in the Bible. It's right after the book of Hosea. or I'm sorry, yeah, after Hosea. And then I think it's Jonah. It's Obadiah, Jonah. Then it's Micah. So... Um, yes, Micah, I want to look at chapter 6 and beginning in, let's see, verse 8. All right, so it says, and Micah was a prophet. He says that God pleased with Israel. Basically, God was talking to his children, Israel, that, you know, God, he has shown you, Micah was a prophet, saying that God has shown you, oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercifully? to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So the Lord has shown us what is good to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. This is what's good for us, you know? And so mercy is this a form of kindness. It's a form of forgiveness. It's, it's, um, it is compassion and it's generosity. You know, mercy is, um, it is foundational, to it, it says by the kingdom of God. The it says mercy and truth. I think judgment and mercy upholds the kingdom of God. So the the mercy seat of God 
You know, it is by his kindness and by his compassion that is that is never failing is what's was opposed the kingdom of God for us. And so otherwise we had no chance and we have no chance if, you know, it wasn't for the mercy of God. It wasn't for the mercy of Jesus Christ. We have no chance. So like the Bible says, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. So they should obtain mercy. So if we want to get God's kindness, compassion, forgiveness, um, we want to get that we need to also give it out as well. You know, justice, justly, to do what is just, to do what is right, um, to do what is fair, to do what is equitable. You know, that is what God requires of us. He wants us to do what is the right thing. He wants us to wants us to, to pursue virtue. He wants us to do truth. He wants us to do um, equity. You know, he wants us to walk in our integrity, right? And then to walk humbly with God. So... You know, nobody should boast themselves or be prideful, but we should be low. We should be humble and meek. That doesn't mean to lack self-confidence or to think of yourself as less than nothing. No, it means to be, on the contrary, it means to know who you are in God and that we are not going to be arrogant or prideful based off of our earthly accomplishments or earthly success, but we're going to be remain low in the eyes of God, knowing that, you know, the Lord God... He doesn't need us, but he loves us and he wants us. And so, you know, the fact that we're all humans and we all have sins and transgressions, we have no reason to be higher than what we are, but we should also understand that we are children of God and we are called uh, to his purpose. And that is a great calling. And so it is it is a calling that we should accept with humility and with lowliness of mind and not to think of ourselves better than anyone, but not to think of ourselves lower than anyone. Um, as far as our essence as a person, so is to, you know, love others and to put others before ourselves, and so, you know, humility is something that's that's key. You know, walking humbly with God, letting God have full control and reign over your life. You know, not to combat with God, not to um, disobey, um, walking in a complete disobedience, not to strive with God, but to remain humble to say, your will be done, Lord God, whatever that is for your life, my life, I want to do that, All right? And so walk humbly with God to let God be willing for him to take full control over our lives. That is important. You know, once again, this is Micah 6.8. God has shown us, oh man, what is good to act justly, to love mercy and walk humbly with your God. You know, that is what is important with us. You know, for God loves um, humility, it says um, by, it says the the proud should be made low, but God will exalt the humble. You know, it says for, you know, the uh, pride, it says destruction comes before a pride and haughty spirit before the fall, but God will exalt the humble, you know, so that is important, that is important. Yeah, so by humility and honor our riches in life. And let's go to Proverbs again. Proverbs chapter 21. I like Proverbs. Proverbs is the book of wisdom. Uh, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 21 is one of my favorite verses. It says, He who follows after righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. Once again, I will say that again. He who follows after righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. Wow. And so, um, once again, these are just common themes of righteousness, doing what is right in the eyes of God, not what is right in our sight, but that is righteousness. 
and and mercy once again this is the topic of mercy mercy is so key you know if we do not give mercy or if we don't extend mercy to others then we can't expect to have the mercy from God and so by following after righteousness and mercy following after obedience to truth you know righteousness what doing what is right what is honorable what is you know God's plan for us and to give mercy we find life everlasting life in Christ Jesus and life more abundantly here on earth we find righteousness we we get the truth reciprocated we we follow in what is good we do what is just we refrain from what is evil and then we also um, receive honor and honor can be um, in the form of not necessarily respect but just recognizing the assignment and recognizing the calling that God has in your, has on your life such as a person and you don't have to be a minister to receive honor you can be honor in any other form but such as a king or such as you know Bishop T.D. Jakes you know like he's not you know worshiped or anything like that but he has a lot of honor as a man of God you know and so um, when we're following up to these things and that's on a larger scale you know he's famous but we can receive honor in our own capacity and way you know from others and from God more importantly so God honors that. God honors when we follow after his righteousness and, and his mercy. And we give mercy. Uh, we give, we show compassion. We show kindness. We show forgiveness. You know, that is all forms of mercy. And so, yeah, I think that's about it um, today. I, I could talk about a couple more scriptures. I guess I'll leave you actually with one more, you know, a couple more actually in the book of First Thessalonians. They're both going to be following in the book of First Thessalonians. And that's going to be, that's going to wrap it up for the day. And then we'll pray and then I'll get you on your way. So I appreciate you all tuning in today. All right. So I had slightly different plans of kind of, well, actually I did talk about what I wanted to for the most part. I had a different order, but once again, I let the Holy Spirit speak through me. And I pray that um, the words that I'm saying has been a blessing unto you. All right. So First Thessalonians chapter four, First Thessalonians chapter four, it says that, for this, beginning in verse 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you receive, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the, the, Lord is the avenger of all. And we also forewarned you and testified, for God did not call us into uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. Wow. So I kind of really want to unpack, you know, verse three, uh, three through, well, really the whole thing, but verses three and four, that this is the will of God, our sanctification. Sanctification means growing in. Um, how do I put it? Growing in holiness with God, you know, are the process of being cleaned and being purged um, to be more holy and to be more like Christ. So that is the process of sanctification. And this is the will of God that we possess, that we stand from sexual immorality. What is sexual immorality? So anything as far as having sex and doing sexual activities and actions that is prohibited, uh, from God's way or tra that transgresses his law. So to transgress means to overstep the boundaries. 
So the boundaries of sex that God created, which is a good thing, is in the context of husband and wife. So when we are having um, sex out of wedlock, uh, when we're fornicating, you know, this is transgression, transgression, this is sin, you know, but God says the will of God is for us to possess our body in sexual, um, refrain from sexual immorality because there's three things really that I think is, is, uh, important to really control. That is, you know, our appetite, you know, our, our sex drive, our, our, and our, and our mouth, right? So basically uh, I could say is chastity, you know, as far as our, our body, as far as temperance, uh, controlling the passions and desires of the flesh, particularly sexual, because we have a lot of sexual urges and desires. Um, when we control our mouth, what we say and don't say, and then our appetite, what we put on our body, these are three things that are, are difficult for us humans, but particularly sexual immorality, that we refrain from that and we possess our body with sanctification and honor. You know, God created our body and us to be here, not in vain, but for our purpose. And, you know, he created us to be holy. He created us to be um, superior. He created us to be pure, you know, and, you know, when we're born again in Jesus Christ, you know, we, you know, sinned. We're born in this sinful world and then we've, you know, polluted ourselves. But when we're born again in Christ, we're made new. We're new creatures in Christ. And so the process of sanctification, I mean, we're made whole and fresh and holiness and increasing in holiness is to refrain from sexual immorality. So I know that we um, have a hypersexual culture, particularly, but you know, sexual immorality, refrain from that and make sure we're following God with sanctification and honor. So it talks about sexual immorality, but also sanctification and honor. We should control our body as a vessel of God. So he did not cause into uncleanness, but into holiness, right? So God wants us to be holy in our body. And that's holistically, emotionally, mentally, sexually, physically. So we should be taking care of our body, you know, holistically in holiness. And so... You know, we all have to repent. I have to repent from certain things and um, actions and decisions I make. You know, it's it's a process. It's a it's a moment by moment, second by second, day by day process. And so, you know, I like to say, by the grace of God, I'm not sinless completely, but I am sinning less. And the goal is to be sinless, and it's possible, uh, or as to be as close as possible on earth. I know we won't be completely sinless because you know that's the world we live in, but to be freed of certain sins and to be growing more in sanctification and growing more in holiness day by day that is the goal that all believers should strive for all right so once again that was first thessalonians uh chapter four all right but then i'm gonna leave you all with one more thing and then we're gonna you know go ahead and get out of here um and i'm gonna end this um, episode today so i appreciate you all listening to me but, um, yeah, I just want to say in First Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Wow. So, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. I mean, I don't care what we're going through in life. I mean... It might be a lot of us have hardships, don't get me wrong, but there's so much to give God thanks for. Give him thanks for having life, having vision, having sight, having hearing, being able body, 
or having a body um, to have a roof over our head, to have employment, to take care of our, our needs and a lot of our wants, um, our health, our strength, our sound mind. There's so much to give thanks for, for to God. You know, the fact that he has saved us, that Jesus has saved us from hell and given, and, and given us everlasting life for those of us who believe. Man, there's so much to give God thanks for. We should always pray. I mean, we should always be communicating with God, you know, and, you know, that doesn't always look like just being on your knees all day. You know, I know that's not always possible, but praying as talking to God, meditating on his word, you know, listening to God as well. You know, we should be doing that continuously that we should make a lifestyle of that. And then also what he says first is rejoice. You know, God wants us to have joy. He created us to be, you know, to have joy. He wants us to enjoy life. Right. But he wants us to enjoy life in the context of what, you know, God wants us to do, not what man thinks is right. So there's a Proverbs, I think, chapter I want to say it's in Proverbs chapter six. It's either six or 16. Um, you can look it up. It says there's a way that seems right unto man, but it's in it, it, its ends leads to death. I'll say that one more time. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but its ends are the ways of death. I believe that's in chapter Proverbs, maybe chapter six, I want to say, or chapter 16. But yeah, so there's, you know, where you can rejoice in the world and such as we think that, you know, having a lot of money or having fame or having women or, you know, having, you know, a nice car and all that kind of stuff, you know, brings happiness and joy. But we can rejoice always in all things, rejoice in the Lord, you know, rejoice of the life that he's given us, you know, and so. You know, these things, the material things, that doesn't matter. You know, that's all temporarily, but we want to, you know, obey God and do his word, you know, by following after righteousness, mercy, truth, um, by doing these things to do justice, walk humbly with God, to possess our body with sanctification, honor and holiness. So this is the will of God for our life. And he wants us to do that. All right. So I appreciate you all listening. Um, I hope this blesses you. I hope this administers grace unto you, those of you all who have listened thus far. I pray that you all have a blessed rest of your week. And uh, let me close it out with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much over these last 40 minutes or so just to speak to um, the listeners in that um, something that I said, Lord God, or rather you speaking through me has resonated with them. Thank you for using me, uh, for being a vessel uh, to proclaim the gospel. And Lord, please help me just to be faithful um, in doing what's right before you. But more importantly, God, um, and as importantly, I should say that you bless the listeners and everyone who hear this. We pray for their families. We pray for their lives. We pray that they continue to do your will, God, or they turn to do your will and that you show them um, the fruit of your word and you uh, show yourself faithful in all that you have said to us. And we believe it. And we ask that you bless their families, their loved ones, um, and their lives and whatever they're going through, Father God, that they have a tangible presence um, of your spirit and of your joy and of your peace and of your comfort. And I ask that you bless them, each and every one, and that we continue to sharpen one another uh, with the truth and that we go into the world and just be faithful witnesses unto you, God. And thank you, Holy Spirit, just for being here with us tonight. And even speaking through this audio podcast. And I give you grace. I give you praise. I give you blessing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, everyone. Have a blessed night.